Welcome to Must See Films. This is Darren, and today I'm going to talk about Donnie Darko. Alright, this is episode 46 of Must See Films, a podcast that's helping you see films differently. In today's episode, we're going to talk about and explore Donnie Darko. We're going to talk about the ideas of time travel, of philosophy, of characters, and maybe talk about some of the cult following that this film has seemed to have developed. So where to even begin with a film like this? So complex and interesting, and I really enjoyed my second viewing of this film recently. Now, to be clear, I watched this film for the first time a long, long time ago when I was much younger, and I had forgotten everything that happened in the film and all of the twists and turns at the end, and I'd also... At a younger age viewing this film, I wasn't really able to see past the surface level of what was going on. And this film certainly asks you to dig a little bit deeper to search for meaning in the movie. So it felt like really seeing this film for the first time. Now for me, Donnie Darko falls into this strange category of films that seems to improve upon reflection. So for me, the quality of this movie actually improved upon my thinking process and my trying to figure out and my searching for deeper meaning in this movie. Other films that fall into this category would be things like Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master. It's a very strange and specific feeling. I remember being so excited to see his new film, The Master, when it was coming out in cinema because I was a huge fan of Punch Drunk Love and of There Will Be Blood and had even done videos about them on YouTube. Um, so to have a Paul Thomas Anderson film come out in my lifetime when I had so much excitement to see it, I could not have any more anticipation towards this movie. So sitting down and having watched the film, watching The Master, and when it ended, it left me very cold. It left me searching for meaning, it left me asking questions, it left me a little bit confused about what I had just seen. However, I knew that I had seen something of quality, I knew I had seen something amazing, but couldn't quite piece it together and figure out what was going on. That film really forced me to ask questions and to dig a little bit deeper into that film and helped me arrive at a perspective on that film that I didn't experience on my immediate viewing. Another film that had, had a similar impact on me would be Enemy, um, also starring Jake Gyllenhaal that I did a podcast on recently. It's very Lynchian in its structure and it's a film that as you watch through you have so many questions and then a climax happens at the end and it seems to bring uh, forward some answers but it really forces you to ask questions and to search for meaning within such an interesting film. Another modern example would be Under the Skin. Um, starring Scarlett Johansson, I think Under the Skin, for me, recording a podcast on that film was probably one of the most interesting processes for me in, in recent times. I think if I was to record a hundred podcasts and to look back on the kind of standout moments for me, I think Under the Skin would be one that would kind of stand out for me. I think because um, the process of me speaking through my thoughts in that film really helped me figure out a couple of things that confused me from that film and more than that what I didn't expect was the comment section on that video 
if you watch the video and then read all of the comments, so many people had had a similar experience to myself. They'd watched and enjoyed the movie but been left either cold or confused or just yearning for more meaning in that film. And the thought process had continued well past the, the credits in that film and seemed that film had lingered in their brains. And so a lot of people shared their ideas in the comments section and we had great conversations back and forth in the comments section. So if you're looking for information on that film, the comments in the video are a great place to try and pick out little bits of information there. And Donnie Darko definitely falls into that category and I had a very similar experience watching this film. When it ended, I knew I had seen something interesting. I knew I had seen something that was of meaning and that had depth, um, but I was still left a little bit confused and I knew that there was more there and it definitely required a little bit of reflection. Now, so that you know what I'm talking about, I watched the original version of this film. I was aware that there was the original film that was first released and then there was a director's cut, which some people say is better, but then some people have said that the original version is better. And I've had messages from um, many people willing me to watch um, either the director's cut or the original. So I had no idea where to actually turn to in this movie. So I thought I'd start with the original and then I might actually go back and watch the director's cut to see if it illuminates anything else which I have missed in this film or maybe the vision seems to be maybe clearer in the director's cut. I'm unsure at the moment. Now the interesting thing about this film is that it's certainly not a modern film at the moment, especially having seen how young Jay Gyllenhaal was in this film. And so having been such a kind of cult classic, I'm sure there are plenty of analysis videos and explanations and reviews of this film and information on this movie online and places. Um, so I haven't looked up anything yet at the moment, but I'm sure there's a lot of information out there. I thought what I would do is watch the movie and then try and get out some of my thoughts on the film and then maybe look up some of the, um, the explanations afterwards to see if what I thought was in line with anybody else's ideas. Now the title of this film is Donnie Darko and appropriately so because um, it's Donnie's character that we follow through his journey of this film. But imagine if you will that this film would be called The Philosophy of Time Travel. It's a very fitting title I think given the content that we see in the movie and also plays a very important part as the title of a book that becomes a crucial turning point and a crucial piece of information that Donnie uses on his journey to what we'll call redemption at the moment. Now this is a really layered film that deals with many, many themes of life and death, of love and fear, of time travel, philosophy, and it has a lot of dualities going on in this film. Now I think one of the core ideas of this film is the idea of love and fear. That duality I think plays a very important part in Donnie's inner character conflict. I think for me, Donnie was scared of dying and Donnie was scared of dying alone and that I think is his motivation to do a lot of the actions which he seems to follow through in this film. Now not only is his inner character guiding him in that direction but he has Frank and he has a lot of people that seem to uh, subconsciously or unconsciously seem to be guiding him towards almost an inevitable ending. It seemed to me like Donnie was very miserable the entire film. He seemed to be very isolated, very um, low on human contact. 
and it seemed for me like the end of the movie was really his redemption and we see him for the first time to be um, connected with other individuals and then we see that moment of pure joy and laughter as he um, comes back in time and then before he dies at the end of the film. Now Tony Robbins has got a great quote, he talks about how being scared can bring you a life of fear and that's no life at all. And I think for me, that's one of the key themes that sum up this film for me. We see Donnie confused and distant from so many people. And it seems to be Frank that guides him towards the direction of discovery in this movie. And it's interesting because from Donnie's perspective, there seems to be an awareness. And almost all the characters in the film seem to have an awareness of this is where they're going. It seems to have a very inevitable feel about this movie, which gives all the scenes a very edgy feeling and an almost unexplainable tension because you know that there is um, something that it's building to. And I think that's one of the strengths of this movie is you can watch the movie on a very small scale. It can just have a few characters talking back and forth. But the ideas that this movie explores um, lends itself to a much bigger scale scale film and it keeps that tension there so when you're watching as an audience member um, it can leave you very uneasy and very edgy and it creates an amazing atmosphere in some of the most bizarre scenes full of very specifically strange imagery um, I think you need to watch this film all the way through and then maybe twice to really appreciate all of the intentions that goes into each moment of the scenes now for me, this is really a story of Donnie following his heart so that he can have redemption at the end of the film. It seems to me because of Donnie's fear of death and fear of um, intimate connection that these are the things that he has to overcome in order to have redemption in this film. So ultimately he should face death at the end of the film, which he does, and he should experience a connection which leads him to redemption in this film which he does and so it's interesting to see him move from isolation and distance from people um, to a discovery of connection in another person um, which is the girl that he meets and then he experiences almost pure joy and bliss at the end of the film which uh, momentarily brings him death and I think he's aware of this as he goes through the film and especially aware of it at the end of the movie but it's a willingness and a readiness to experience death at that point because of everything he's gone through in the film. So it very satisfyingly wraps up um, all of his fears and all of his inner conflict in this film. Now the ending is very interesting because it turns a lot of um, cinematic uh, conventions kind of on his head. There are a lot of films that use this redemption and rebirth moment near the end of a movie um, when you've got an emotional connection to a character to have you doubt and then have this uplifting moment at the end of the film. Um, things, for example, let me think there would be E.T. as an example where we have E.T. Um, he gets ill and then he's in the bed and then he dies and the flower dies along with him and then he has this rebirth and this kind of redemption moment where the flower comes back to life and then he's alive, his heart's glowing again. And then even in more kind of mainstream films and like um, the Mark Wahlberg film Ted um, by Seth MacFarlane where um, Ted, the character, dies and then he's stitched back together and still doesn't come to life and then the next morning he's alive again. That rebirth moment um, is present in so many movies and especially 
proximity wise um, near the end of a film just because that's the emotional journey and struggle that people go through with their characters um, and it seems to be very common in films. Now Donnie Darko has this rebirth in this film but it's not specifically a physical rebirth although he physically does travel back in time. It's more spiritual awakening due to the discovery and understanding of time travel and finally understanding and confronting his emotional burden. Now it's really his emotional burden which has led him on this journey and then revealed its purpose, ironically arriving on his spiritual awakening at the same time almost as his physical death. But as we've said earlier, one of his major feels near the beginning of the film which he speaks to the psychiatrist about is the fear of death. So it's only right that as a character he confronts this fear of death and confronts death um, and tackles it head on at the end of the film. Perhaps that's a, an intended juxtaposition to have um, his spiritual awakening um, at the same point um, of his physical death. But it's interesting because a lot of philosophers and religions have spoke about how um, enlightenment and spiritual enlightenment is very close to that moment of death as you move forward to the next part in your life. And it may not be life necessarily as we know it, but the next part in your existence um, as part of the universe and so um, this film seems to give you a story but then it seems the ideas of this film seem to go far beyond what you see on the screen. Now it's interesting because many philosophers talk about how a man prepares his whole life for death and perhaps in Donnie's case we might see it as a shame for him to die at the end of the movie because we're invested in him but to die at the end for Donnie is the moment he's been waiting for as a character. Now the film is an experience. Watching the film through it feels very random and strange and edgy but it's actually a very tight story. The themes of fear are present in all scenes and always with a sense of confusion like our other characters moving towards this eventual outcome. Now this confusion is one we feel as an audience member with the constant threat of danger and uneasiness and it's one that we share with Donnie as he follows and without hesitation moves towards this guiding force that leads him on his kind of spiritual journey towards the end of the film. And in this way the film deals with the elements of God, not in the sense of any religion but more as a kind of overarching power that guides our actions. You know, the science teacher has an interesting conversation with Donnie. He says that um, if you knew the future, then it would actually give you the choice whether to choose that option or not. But for Donnie, he responds with the idea of um, not being able to break from this future that seems to be guiding him or seems to be forcing him in that direction. And I think that's a very telling scene because Donnie feels this awareness of this guidance and the world and events of this movie don't seem to make sense at the time. But some foresight seems to be bringing the story full circle, bringing Donnie's character to this, his ultimate ending. Now it seemed to me during the film that the only person that Donnie really seemed to care about was the girl that he met. And it appeared to make him happy at points in the film and if not she seemed to really understand him um, along with maybe his mother in the movie and so I think it's very fitting at the end of the film that the girl waves to the mother 
I think as just as Donnie's uh, body is being carried out, um, that was for me a little bit of an interesting ending as the characters, even though we've changed timeline, we've gone back in time and the events that we've seen through the film had never happened, there seems to be this kind of echo that's kind of lasted into this other version of, of the timeline and it's almost as if the mother and the girl seem to have this awareness of this connection because of what happened previously on another timeline. And let's just even speak about that for a second because if we think about the theory of time travel, if you have one timeline which we live through and then we go back in time and repeat the same section of time, the first one which we've just gone through never existed. So therefore we should be completely afresh and we should be back where we started at the beginning. However, I think in this film, especially at the end of the movie, you see the idea that there's still a lingering feeling of the previous timeline, even though it was changed and certain things never happened. Um, the presence of the girl at the end of the film is one example. Um, the rabbit man, the man who's in the rabbit costume, uh, he touches his eye um, as an example because Donnie shoots him in the eye um, in the first timeline. Patrick Swayze is crying because of his shame um, in the, in the, at the end of the film. And it brings up the idea that if the timelines can be changed, but still have some kind of hangover from the past, then maybe the first time we watch the film through isn't the first time that this has happened. Maybe this is just another cycle of the timeline. And that the cycle that we watch in the first time for the film is the first time that he's able to uh, fully confront his fears and end the timeline with his death um, and really bring the story full circle. So perhaps this film is a bit more like Groundhog Day where it seems to repeat and repeat and repeat um, and we're just watching the last day before he um, ultimately solves the mystery for the last time. It would explain why I think a lot of the scenes feel very edgy and why I think a lot of the moments feel um, very strange. They seem to have that kind of lingering feeling of past versions of this timeline and they seem to all be kind of willing Donnie and guiding Donnie towards this, direct, this direction of discovery. Because even if we go back to the beginning of the film, notice that we meet Donnie as he wakes up um, and he's in the place where he will end this version of the present timeline and he wakes up where, with a moment of him smiling. Now this is very interesting because he's miserable the rest of the film and then the next time we really see him happy and smiling is when he goes back in the timeline and then he's joyous and happy and then he dies. So both times we have seen him begin a timeline, um, he's very happy. Now just before his death, he's extremely happy, but the opening of the film, he, it's almost just like a little bit of a smirk, as if he's getting steps closer to this, this discovery of where he's actually being led. It's almost as if on some unconscious level he's still feeling the repercussions of previous versions of this timeline. Because when he goes back in time at the end of the film, he's delirious with laughter and he seems to be fully aware that this has happened. Why would he be happy having gone back in time if when he was back in time he was um, he, he shouldn't have remembered anything that would have happened. He seems to still be very much aware of what he's just accomplished. Now, I'm not saying this is for sure, but the fact that the film is so subjective opens itself to very complex thinking and all sorts of possibilities. 
Now, one of the things I think uh, Donnie Darko does so well as a film is it very slowly unravels and slowly gives you bits of information to piece together the story. It's a film that's very mechanical, I think, in the way that it delivers information, but it certainly doesn't feel like that as you're watching it as an audience member. And so it was great to really experience this film again for the first time and to really be taken on this journey um, and then just have no idea what was going to happen at the end. The climax for me was huge because it started taking over this ideas of Donnie was had this ability to predict the future and he had this um, ability to um, almost, you could call it telekinesis, where he moves the airplane and he rips the thing off and then there's time travel involved. And then comparing this to the opening moments of the film where it's very subdued and small in scale and almost like a family drama the first couple of minutes, um, it really goes to some amazing lengths and amazing places for such a layered and complex film. So we'll start to wrap up here, but we'll stay on the theme of time travel. Um, I'm going to leave you with the film that's been on my mind recently. And I've been thinking about time travel a lot recently because I've been listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast. Um, he's an astrophysicist and he talks about how, um, he talks about all sorts of ideas, but he's um, an amazing character. I'll put links about him in the show notes and his podcast in the description below and you can check him out. But um, he talks about the physics of time travel and he talks about um, some of the movies that have correctly or incorrectly tried to display time travel. And it got me thinking about Looper. So Looper is the movie I'm going to leave you with here at the end. Um, Looper is one of these movies that uses the gimmick of time travel but doesn't try to go into the depths too much of the trying to explain it. Um, but it very effectively, I think, uses time travel as a concept to tell just an amazing story. And I think Ryan Johnson as a director is going to be huge in the future. And I'm a massive fan of his work now, especially of Brick and then especially of Looper also. So be sure to let me know what you think about Donnie Darko in the comments below. And continue this conversation on Facebook and Twitter, which will be below in the description. And thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.